Stuck, embarrassed, hopeful. About a 10 minute walk from my flat, there's a park with spectacular views of London. Much like everyone else, I'm spending a lot of time there because, well, what else is there to do? My favourite place is at the top of a hill and from there you can see clearly just how huge this city is. You heard it here first, London is actually very big. It doesn't take long to discover this when you're in London. Everywhere you want to go will almost always be far away. If you live here, the awareness of the city's magnitude is always with you. But right now might feel more in the back of your mind because most of us barely leave a one mile radius of our homes. But when you are somewhere where there are near panoramic views of the city, you consider the size from a different perspective. You recalibrate your position from outside while still being inside. And that principle feels helpful right now, dare I say it, more than ever. Life as we knew it has been completely disrupted for almost a year now. I feel that I'm not alone in flailing up against what many are calling a pandemic wall. I'm exhausted from trying to navigate life without any of the structure and resources that make it enjoyable at best and manageable at worst. A year both is and isn't a long time. As you're living through it, it can feel like an eternity, especially when things aren't going your way. However, in the bigger picture, from a different perspective, in terms of an average lifespan, it's a relatively small amount of time. Okay, you're probably already annoyed at me because me telling you this is ultimately annoying, even if true. Like being told to take a deep breath when you're stressed out, infuriating, or that time is a healer when your heart has been broken, hell on broken hearted earth. I'm saying it because reminding myself of the fact has been helpful. It might not change my current reality, I'm still restless, bored and missing my life, but the shift in perspective helps to take the edge off a little. Despite that, I have found the last few weeks particularly difficult. I feel as if I'm running out of steam. All of my good habits or tactics for managing this unreal reality seem to have fallen flat, or my motivation to commit to them has dwindled to non-existence. I'm still trying to journal every day. Not always successful, but it's one thing I seem to be able to stick to. And I've lost count of the amount of times I've written, I miss my life, or I am desperate for something to happen to me. I am a drama queen in my journal and that is allowed because I make the rules and apart from what I choose to share, no one will ever read it. I have channeled this desperate want for something to happen into many things. First, Tinder. You can take your guesses on how that went. Hint, it starts with an N and ends in ought good. Then I became obsessive about decorating my new bedroom and then submitting my manuscript to agents. All of them have proven to be unhelpful in solving my general malaise. Who would have thought? You're probably not wondering why that might be, but if you are, I'll spell it out for you. It's a pandemic, so it's not ideal dating time. I don't have enough money to get all the things I want for my room. And in regards to interest in my manuscript, one, almost nothing could be less certain. And two, the whole process is famous for being painstakingly slow. So as a quick fix, it isn't ideal. So I guess I just have to sit with it. Be still sometimes. Achieve little. Surrender to the fact instead of trying to combat it. I've done enough therapy and yoga to understand that's what I need to do, and yet it's taken me a long time to actually confront it properly. And even then, I've written about it, which you could argue is a distraction from actually accepting and embracing it. But it kept me active. Like Zadie Smith points out in her excellent essay and intimations, there is no great difference between novels and banana bread. They are both just something to do. But writing became difficult for me too. 
For most of the pandemic, it has been my most reliable something to do. It gave me a sense of motivation, of purpose, a gratifying way to spend the time which has felt like it's an infinite supply. In part, I know that I'm struggling to write because I put so much work into writing my manuscript, and now that I've put it out there, I feel unbelievably vulnerable, hopeful and terrified, pessimistic and excited all at once, a chaotic combination if there ever was one. I don't want to write something else because I then become consumed with thoughts about the book. And I'm also fearful that if I start something else, I'll never go back to this thing I've poured everything into. Having a book published still feels like an impossible dream. And yet somehow I got to a place, two thirds of a first draft completed, where I could actually start to imagine the next part. Someone being interested in it. Getting a book deal. Eventually, being in a bookshop. I'm sweating typing that. I did not dare let myself consider thoughts like these earlier in the process because I was too focused on the Herculean task of trying to write it. Something that felt all the more vast and terrifying once I considered the fact that I'd never written something properly long form. I don't have a degree, so I've never written a dissertation. It's just so typically me to attempt a marathon without having trained properly for a shorter race. Never forget... I performed an hour-long solo show of my poetry before I'd even done an open mic with one singular poem. Why am I like this? Starting to write a book about my life during a pandemic felt like a wildly courageous move, and yet I found myself doing it. I learned a lot in the process, including a huge secret that absolutely nobody ever talks about. Come close so I can whisper it to you. A book is a lot of work. But in case you missed it, I was in dire need of something to do. At the start of this month, when I started to write proposals and emails to agents, it all started to feel real. A little too real for my neurotic, squishy, bitchy little brain. Imposter syndrome and doubt joined forces, mean girl style, to make me feel like I had no right to be trying to actualise this dream. I felt, and honestly still feel, a bit embarrassed by the essence of these emails, which at their core boil down to, I wrote about my life and I'd like other people to read it. And I'd like you to take a chance on me. I'm painfully aware that I don't have a massive following and that I am not yet famous, literally nobody knows why, two things that make snagging a book deal a little easier. I know I'm a bit of a shot in the dark in a commercial sense. It feels humiliating to ask, knowing the odds, and yet here I am, asking. Yesterday, on the ever-titillating daily walk with a friend, I said, being alive is embarrassing. And honestly, I meant it. My only coping mechanism for this is inspired by Catholicism despite my agnostic upbringing. It's confessional. I simply have to tell someone. In this case, you. Here's the truth. I started writing a book and I hope I get a book deal so that one day I can share it with you. I am afraid but also excited by this. I find this dream embarrassing, something I should probably unpack more. I wonder, is it narcissistic to write about my life? Self-indulgent? A pipe dream? I find it even more embarrassing to tell you. What if it never happens and you think I'm pathetic, etc. However, as someone who often feels embarrassed, I've learned that while it can be uncomfortable, often painfully so, you mostly survive it, or reclaim it for humorous anecdotes in a memoir, hold for laughter. Also, most other people are too. It's just that they don't have this weird compulsion to express it near constantly. Most importantly though, is that for me, I find it equally embarrassing to want to write a book and never try, or never be honest about it. So if I feel embarrassed either way, I might as well give it a go. 
and learn to say it with my chest until it comes true. If anyone needs to believe in this, it's me. Taking all of this into account, it's no wonder that writing hasn't been easy of late. I'm a huge believer in thinking about creativity in a holistic sense. If it isn't working, it's probably because something else is stuck in your life. And all of what I've written so far is making a perfect case for writer's block. I talk about these kinds of ideas in my monthly workshop, Back in Your Body. It's a helpful exercise for me to explore these themes because it's a chance to remind myself of things I've learned before but maybe need to check back in with. Recently, I added this quote from Julia Cameron into my session. Art is not about thinking something up. It's about the opposite, getting something down. The directions are important here. A perspective shift. Do you see where I'm going with this? I woke up today and I walked to the park. I got to my favourite viewpoint and I sat there for a while. I don't know how long because I didn't have a watch on. I didn't bring my phone either. One hour break from your phone is synonymous with transcendence, by the way. There was no music, no podcast, no email to check or text to reply to. I looked out over the city I've been calling home for five years now. The longest time I've lived anywhere apart from my childhood home. I thought about the person who came here in February 2016. All of that naive optimism he had. The rose-tinted idealism. Movie script beginnings and endings. I thought about how living here has broken me and put me back together more than once. I thought about how far I've come, suddenly feeling a warm rush of pride for the immeasurable ways I've grown and transformed as a person and, yeah, I'll say it, as an artist. Do I feel confident using that word? No. Am I using it anyway? Yes. Living here has made me tough and it has made me determined, but things really changed when I made space for the softer feelings too instead of trying to hide from them or deny them. Like feeling afraid, lost, uncertain, vulnerable. Trying to integrate all of the parts of ourselves is difficult work, an ongoing journey, but it is rewarding. It is worth it. This, I'm sure of. It is futile to love a city, although it's an affliction many of us suffer from. A city cannot love you back. You could look at London, as many people do, like a cruel lover, harsh, unforgiving, ruthless. From my perspective, when I personify the city, another absurd thing to do, but please allow it, they have been more like a mentor, encouraging me at times, pushing me to be the best I can be at others. London has helped shape who I am, has been an inextricable part of my becoming. Being able to be here as a result of undeniable grit, relentless determination, and, of course, a level of privilege, but I'm also here because I want to be and it still feels right. I looked out at the city and thought about how five years is such a long time and also nothing at all. It goes in a flash. I thought about a year of being in a pandemic. It seems we are now moving in the right direction, finally. The data and the vaccines seem to give us reasons to feel hopeful again after a long year of darkness and pain and fear worldwide. It felt good to really start to believe brighter days are coming. I've been stuck for a while. Today, I gave myself some space to think deeply. I recalibrated my perspective. That external shift was reflected internally too. And instead of trying to think something up, I came home, grabbed my pad and my pen and got something down. 